If there's a single lesson that life teaches us, it's that wishing doesn't make it so. Lev Grossman, The Magicians. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. everybody welcome to violent vice podcast i am john john and i'm audie hello and if you haven't already please do that five stars give us a review email us and tell us anything weird that you may have come across or suggestions for what we should do next we like ideas we don't know everything please tell us yep hit that subscribe button as well and like John John said, we love getting in contact with people. So thank you to everyone who sent us emails. We really, really appreciate it. And John John, we are so happy to be back this week, aren't we? Mm-hmm. It's been a hot second since we've done some stuff. It but... has. Yeah, leaving everybody on a spooky note. Hopefully we're slightly drifting away from that. Though I'm not exactly helping that with today's topic. I make is, no promises in the future. <laughs> I'm sure. I am perfectly sure that you're going to try and spook me every chance you get. But today we are talking about one of possibly the most famous witches in any world ho- like folklore called Baba Yaga. Woo! I love her. Well, do you? I wouldn't. She's crazy and mean, but smart and sometimes helpful. So tell me, Adi, what do you know about Baba Yaga from the start? First impressions without any of this other stuff to tell you. So I know that she doesn't really like people all that much, but she's occasionally helpful to people that like either like help animals or help her and everything. And she's actually like across several different regions and their folklore. That's how I heard about it. I'm sure you'll touch into like the grim stories and everything and like it's just neat to see a unity between different cultures for me with the Baba Yaga stories. It is surprisingly unique for the time period that she started appearing as well. Where there were like there were people talking about like witches and people casting spells and whatnot, but none were quite like Baba Yaga. And she's an origin of like Slavic descent or mythos, which is like Ukraine, Belarus, Russian, a lot of like Eastern European stuff. So there's a lot of like mix of their wording in with a lot of different stuff. So, but most people probably have heard the name at least once throughout their lifetimes, either from the John Wick movies or for the more obscure type ones 
like possibly myself and Adi may have first experienced it while watching the spinoff of the cartoon Anastasia movie, Bartok the Magnificent, <laughs> where she played a very important role in that as well. But those were like the only times I've ever like come across her organically without having to look her up. So it is technically revealed in John Wick that the titular assassin is known among the Russian mob by an epithet Baba Yaga, which they translated as the boogeyman. Not quite what it fully means. And of course, like the screenwriters pretty much put in place what that would equate to for Western folklore and stuff. But really it's more uh, the boogeyman in Russian type stuff is Babyaka, not Baba Yaga. Kind of close in the wording. But essentially in Russian, Baba Yaga could mean spooky grandma. So not exactly the most serious of type things, but yeah, this terrible person could be considered to be called Spooky Grandma. Cute name. Mm-hmm. But kind of separating it to help really get into that etymology. Entomology? Etymology. One of those. The other is Bugs. You know, we try hard, but our pronunciations aren't usually on par, but we're learning. <laughs> we're trying. That's okay. If but... you, the Grace O'Malley episode was Ooh. all yeah. over the place. Yeah, hard to tell. And for some reason, I've been doing a lot of Russian Slavic type stuff. So, who I'm picking weird names for a lot of stuff. I don't envy you. Nah. Hopefully I'm getting somewhat close. Yeah. But anyway, to separate Baba and Yaga, Baba is a Slavic word which means old woman, grandmother, or witch, crone type thing. Or in a more related type thing in full Russian, babushka means grandmother. So it might have just been the origin of that as well. But the Yaga part which could also be Yaga, so it could be Baba Yaga instead of Baba Yaga, but it's more fun to say Baba Yaga. It's a little bit more vague and obscure to actually put down as something. Um, so could mean a series of different things like abuse, snake, or wicked. So technically it could be terrible old witch or the more fun spooky grandma as a translation for what Baba Yaga means. So I, I might be referring to her as spooky grandma in conversations from now on just because it's fun. But lots of folklore from Slavic regions have her either featuring as just being part of that story the blatant villain of the story or even a very helpful mother-like figure for it 
sometimes it's more of just like a step in the process or an obstacle or an aid type thing. So she like has a very wide range. She's not exactly typecast as always the one thing, which is just strange for old time stuff for like a particular figure being both good, bad, and sometimes indifferent. Usually it's very much one throughout most of stories and whatnot. So if you don't know what she might look like, I'll try to describe it to you. She has a extremely long nose, like very, very, very long and pointy, where in some stories it is even described as being long enough that when she sleeps, it touches the ceiling like super, super long. And she's known to have these like very gray and sometimes described as actual iron teeth, which is kind of gross. And her form is usually hunched, obviously wrinkly, and essentially being very gaunt, very skin and bone, even though she's known to eat a lot of different stuff. Like very bony, but also strong at the same time. It's weird. A lot of ideas of what like a hag might look in most feature films do stem a lot from the original descriptions of Baba Yaga. Now, some common features, and it's just some fun facts that tend to be true in almost all the stories, is mostly her means of transportation, which is interesting to say the least. It's her house and I love it. Yes. One of the many modes of transportation she uses is her own house, which will be there one minute and then the next day could be completely somewhere else. It didn't turn invisible, it didn't poof anywhere. It literally got up and walked away on gigantic chicken legs. Very specific chicken legs. So if you're looking around in the woods and you see a house just kind of bobbing along with like a chicken strut, it's probably Baba Yaga's house. Now, if she doesn't want to bring all of her luggage with her, sometimes she will fly just herself in an unusual way for most witches. Most people expect to be flying around on a broom. She uses a gigantic mortar and pestle. So how people would usually like muddle stuff. So the big bowl, the mortar is what she sits in and she can steer it with the large pestle. And as she flies past people, she sweeps away her tracks, which shouldn't be there while flying but essentially just leaving no trace behind her with a birch broom as well so it's she has a flying broom cleans up after her but she prefers to live life in luxury and have a nice sitting area instead of just the one little stick so respect also just to uh to add a little bit spirited away was the other movie with baba yaga in it oh right I yeah. still haven't seen that one. It's so good. I've only heard good things, so I'm surprised I still haven't. So, but yeah, 
she's very frequent in a lot of kid story type stuff that yeah you know what i'm talking about sorry for the interruption but yes <laughs> that's okay her house itself to kind of describe what it looks like is a typical witch's hut like made of wood very small like it would be what would be a little bigger than a tiny house but not quite big enough to be the same size as like a mobile home type house also on the chicken legs um the door's keyhole is actually this uh, like a mouth in itself with a bunch of like razor sharp teeth so if anybody tries to sneak in, pick the lock or anything, their hands get destroyed. So she's got home security too, which is cool. And the fence that is usually around the hut is made of human bones topped with sort of lit up lamps with skulls of those that she has consumed or killed. And there's usually at least one particular post that is conveniently left empty for whoever should show up next so encountering it usually is just this feeling of like i could very well become the next sort of addition to this house so i don't know it's it's a weird aesthetic but it seems like a very comfortable living situation. She's got home security, the epitome of a mobile home, very decorative fencing that has good lighting as well, and easy traveling abilities. So really, she's she was living luxury before luxury was a thing. I don't know. Adi, would you live there? I mean, her hot house is amazing, so yeah. I'm also a little bit of a recluse, so I mean, <laughs> it would work for me. Be like, yo, my house is awesome, everybody look. All right, I'm out now. See, see, I probably wouldn't have that house in that particular location. I might move a little bit further south, but the house itself. Yeah. Ooh. Well, like, Ooh. it's it's a house that moves, so you can literally live anywhere with it. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a good house. I think people should really try to replicate it in the future. It'd be kind of cool. You could go definitely with, like, a Star Wars theme, because that's kind of what the ATST does anyway. But still, that's enough of that nerding out about stuff. And... I should mention that she is mostly throughout small children's like folklore, fairy tale type stuff as either chasing children, eating the children, or straight up stopping people from achieving their goals. And it's the like hero heroes that are able to usually achieve whatever goal they were set out to. One story that's particularly well known is called uh, Vasilisa the Beautiful, where Baba Yaga is essentially equal parts trickster, monster, and savior. So she has like a very wide range of what she does in that story. And 
for some reason, people have thought that this sort of ambiguity was just part of her uniqueness, but other people are thinking that it's more tied to her connection to femininity and like the natural world as a sort of earth mother, per se. So it's sort of like mother nature can be kind and helpful and can save you, but it could also be very harsh, cold, unforgiving, and anybody who's tried to eat fries on the beach will know that nature can be tricky and annoying when a seagull flies by and takes your fries. So. I think if I remember right, Myths and Legends, which is another uh, podcast, they did mm. a couple part series on that particular story too, mm. which was pretty good. But I'm excited for everything you have to tell us. I have a couple stories that I will read. Um, however, there is one more odd behavior that I should mention about Baba Yaga. Just because you might get some weird salad fingers vibes from it. Which I know you like, and I like those. <laughs> It's been forever since I've seen that. <laughs> I know. Rewatching it is so cringy, but also fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. But yeah, some stories attribute an unusual behavior to Baba Yaga that is not usually ever mentioned again in other stories. But it really sticks in your head just from how weird it is. One story that it is in is called Baba Yaga and the Brave Youth in which a very brave young man, well, well, like a, yeah, a young man and a cat and a sparrow all live together, which is already kind of weird. The cat and sparrow repeatedly go into the woods to cut wood, despite being the two without thumbs, Leaving the brave youth behind with one warning. If the Baba Yaga comes to count the spoons, hide and don't say anything. Three times the Baba Yaga comes to the house to count the spoons, and three times the boy can't hold his tongue when he sees the witch touching his spoons. The first two times the cat and sparrow chase the witch off, but the third time she snatches him off to her hut to eat him. But she... Why the spoons? It's weird. I it it's just like she has to count them and she has to touch the spoons. Right salad finger vibes. He has to touch the rusty spoons. Very much so, but maybe it's along the lines of like how cuz I think this is about the same time as the vampire stories how uh like if you spill the bowl of rice or something they had to count like all the rice. Mm. Maybe Those like kind of things. Yeah, maybe it was something along the lines of that. Might be, but like I I just it was so weird to me. I don't understand it. But there's also one other strange thing in that same story. And Baba Yaga ends up having three daughters. Don't wanna know who the dad is, brave man to say the least. And Baba Yaga tells each daughter, in turn, to cook the boy. 
but he tricks each one of them into cooking themselves instead by acting like he doesn't know how to lie in a pan and asking them to show him. Pulling the same trick a fourth time leads to a cooked Baba Yaga and a youth running bravely home. Now the thing is, Baba Yaga can be like killed many, many times, but always seems to come back. So it's, it's a weird like immortal type thing but like you still die type person which adds more to that terrifyingness kind of like a phoenix sort of i don't think anybody's seen her come back from the dead except that she's just back not coming back in themselves but yeah a couple of things that she owns are these incredible faster than any other kind of animal in the world horses that appear in several different stories one of the more known ones is uh the story of story with a uh, cochet the deathless who is also an immortal person and has essentially the epitome of like what it takes to be a lich fully doing what voldemort should have done and placing his soul into a needle, mixing it in with a bunch of other stuff, and then throwing it at the bottom of the ocean. Like, straight up. Voldemort's problems, done. If he did that. Should have learned that. But he can be captured and restrained, which is part of that story. But these horses are running faster than any sort of... Like, faster than a cheetah, faster than most cars probably could, to the point where a few days' travel takes only but a few hours. So it says to be, like, with speed that the wind is jealous of. So, super fast horses. And she just has them. It's just, I, I kind of really wish those were still real. That would be extremely cool. But anyway, of all these different things that Baba Yaga has and does, she has essentially gained a lot of fame throughout the entire world by this point. Me and Adi both know of her. She's making appearances in the Hellboy movies. Essentially, I'd call the John Wick stuff as like more of a cameo for her name. And the Spirited Away movies... A lot of different TV shows, a lot of different just storybooks. And I think there is one particular advice column. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it's just called Ask Baba Yaga, which applies the Swamp Witch's perspectives to questions like, how can I stop craving male attention? And am I watching too much television? The answer to which is... Helpfully, the egg can be rolled down the hill and hidden in a burrow. The egg can be dropped into a river type stuff. Like, very vague, can kind of give you advice type things, but a weird take of, like, Baba Yaka is doing an advice column type thing. But she's showing up a bunch of different places, and I like it. I do too. She's great in some stories. I mean, terrible in others, but I like the great ones. 
She's I very sassy, though, too. And oh, straight up. Yeah. The mother of all mother's sassers. Yeah, queen of sass. Yeah. And I'd almost say that she's all, like the equivalent of a living monkey paw type thing, where she will grant your request, but might twist it in a way that isn't as you expect. But that is most of just the general stuff. A lot of the other things are very specific to stories. Shall we get to those stories, Audie? Let's do it. So this first one is just called Tale of Baba Yaga, the Russian Witch. Once upon a time, an old man, a widower, lived alone in a hut with his daughter, Natasha. Very merry, the two of them were together, and they used to smile at each other over a table piled with bread and jam and play peekaboo. First this side of the samovar, and then that. Everything went well, until the old man took it into his head to marry again. So the little girl gained a stepmother. After that, everything changed. No more bread and jam on the table. No more playing peekaboo around the samovar as the girl sat with her father at tea. It was even worse than that, because she was never allowed to sit at tea at all anymore. The stepmother said that little girls shouldn't have tea, much less eat bread with jam. She would throw the girl a crust of bread and tell her to get out of the hut and go find some place to eat. Then the stepmother would sit with her husband and tell him that everything that went wrong was the girl's fault, and the old man believed his new wife. Therefore, poor Natasha would go by herself into the shed in the yard, wet the dry crust with her tears, and eat it all by herself. Then she would hear the stepmother yelling at her to come in and wash up the tea things and tidy the house, and brush the floor, and clean everybody's muddy boots. One day the stepmother decided she could not bear the sight of Natasha one minute longer. But how could she get rid of her for good? Then she remembered her sister, the terrible witch, Baba Yaga, the bony-legged one who lived in the forest. And a wicked plan began to form in her head. The very next morning, the old man went off to pay a visit to some friends of his in the, ne in the next village. As soon as the old man was out of sight, the wicked stepmother called for Natasha. You are to go today to my sister, your dear little aunt, who lives in the forest, said she, and ask her for a needle and thread to mend a shirt. But here is a needle and thread said Natasha, trembling for she knew that her aunt was Baba Yaga, the witch, and that any child who came near her was never seen again. Hold your tongue, snapped the stepmother, and she gnashed her teeth, which made a noise like clattering tongs. Didn't I tell you that you are to go to your dear little aunt in the forest to ask for a needle and thread to mend a shirt? Well then, said Natasha, trembling, how shall I find her? She had heard that Baba Yaga chased her victims through the air in a giant mortar and pestle, and that she had iron teeth with which she ate children. 
The stepmother took hold of the little girl's nose and pinched it. That is your nose. Can you feel it? Yes, whispered the poor girl. You must go along the road into the forest till you come to a fallen tree, said the stepmother. Then you must turn to your left and follow your nose, and you will find your auntie. Now off with you, lazy one. She shoved a kerchief in the girl's hand, into which she had packed a few morsels of stale bread and cheese and some scraps of meat. Natasha looked back. There stood the stepmother at the door with her arms crossed, glaring at her. So she could do nothing but go straight on. She walked along the road through the forest till she came to the fallen tree. Then she turned left. Her nose was still hurting, for the stepmother had pinched it, so she knew she had to go on straight ahead. Finally, she came to the hut of Baba Yaga, the bony-legged one, the witch. Around the hut was a high fence. When she pushed the gates open, they squeaked miserably, as if it hurt them to move. Natasha noticed a rusty oil can on the ground. How lucky, she said, noticing that there was some oil left in the can, and she poured the remaining drops of oil into the hinges of the gate. Inside the gates was Baba Yaga's hut. It wasn't like any other hut she had ever seen, for it stood on giant hen's legs and walked about the yard. As Natasha approached, the house turned around to face her, and it seemed that its front windows were eyes and its front door a mouth. A servant of Baba Yaga's was standing in the yard. She was crying bitterly because of the task Baba Yaga had set her to do and was wiping her eyes on her petticoat. How lucky, said Natasha, that I have a handkerchief. She untied her kerchief, took, shook it clean, and carefully put the morsels of food in her pockets. She gave the handkerchief to Baba Yaga's servant, who wiped her eyes on it and smiled through her tears. By the hut was a huge dog, very thin, gnawing an old bone. How lucky, said the little girl. They have some bread and meat. Reaching into her pocket for her scraps of bread and meat, Natasha said to the dog, I'm afraid it's rather stale, but it's better than nothing, I'm sure. And the dog gobbled it up at once and licked his lips. Natasha reached, to... Natasha reached the door to the hut. Trembling, she tapped on the door. Come in, squeaked the wicked voice of Baba Yaga. The little girl stepped in. There sat Baba Yaga, the bony-legged one, the witch, sitting weaving at a loom. In a corner of the hut was a thin black cat watching a mouse hole. Good, good day to you, auntie, said Natasha, trying to sound not at all afraid. Good day to you, niece, said Baba Yaga. My stepmother has sent me to you to ask for a needle and thread to mend a shirt. Has she now, smiled Baba Yaga, flashing her iron teeth, for she knew how much her sister hated her stepdaughter. You sit down here at the loom and go on with my weaving, while I go and fetch you the needle and thread. The little girl sat down at the loom and began to weave. Baba Yaga whispered to her servant, Listen to me. Make the bath very hot and scrub my niece. Scrub her clean. I'll make a dainty meal of her, I will. 
The servant came in for the jug to gather the bath water. Natasha said, I beg you, please be not too quick in making the fire, and please carry the water for the bath in a sieve with holes so that the water will run through. The servant said nothing, but indeed, she took a very long time about getting the bath ready. Baba Yaga came to the window and said in her sweetest voice, Are you weaving, little niece? Are you weaving, my pretty? I'm weaving, auntie, said Natasha. When Baba Yaga went away from the window, the little girl spoke to the thin black cat who was watching the mouse hole. What are you doing? Watching for a mouse, said the thin black cat. I haven't had any dinner in three days. How lucky, said Natasha, that I have some cheese left. And she gave her cheese to the thin black cat, who gobbled it up. Said the cat, little girl, do you want to get out of here? Oh, cat dear, said Natasha, how I want to get out of here, for I fear that Baba Yaga will try to eat me with her iron teeth. That is exactly what she intends to do, said the cat. But I know how to help you. Just then, Baba Yaga came to the window. Are you weaving, little niece? She asked. Are you weaving, my pretty? I am weaving, auntie, said Natasha, working away while the loom went clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Baba Yaga went out again. The thin black cat was whispered to Natasha. There is a comb on the stool, and there is a towel brought for your bath. You must take them both and run for it while Baba Yaga is still in the bathhouse. Baba Yaga will chase after you. When she does, you must throw your towel behind you, and it will turn into a big, wide river. It will take her a little time to get over that. When she gets over the river, you must throw the comb behind you. The comb will sprout up into such a forest that she will never get through it at all. But she'll hear the loom stop, said Natasha, and she'll know I have gone. Don't worry, I'll take care of that, said the thin black cat. The cat took Natasha's place at the loom, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. The loom never stopped for a moment. Natasha looked to see that Baba Yaga was still in the bathhouse, and then she jumped out of the hut. The big dog leapt up to tear her to pieces. Just as he was going to spring on her, he saw who she was. Why, this is the little girl who gave me the bread and meat, said the dog. A good journey to you, little girl. And he lay down with his head between his paws. She petted his head and scratched his ears. When she came to the gates, they opened quietly, quietly without making any noise at all, because of the oil she had poured into their hinges before. Then how did she run? Meanwhile, the thin black cat sat at the loom, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, sang the loom. But you never saw such a tangle of yarn as the tangle made by that thin black cat. Presently, Baba Yaga came to the window. Are you weaving, little niece? She asked in a high-pitched voice. Are you weaving, my pretty? I am weaving, auntie, said the thin black cat, tangling and tangling the yarn while the loom went clickety-clack, clickety-clack. That's not the voice of my little dinner, 
said Baba Yaga, and she jumped into the hut, gnashing her iron teeth. There at the loom was no little girl, but only the thin black cat, tangling and tangling the threads. Ugh, said Baba Yaga, and she jumped at the cat. Why didn't you scratch the little girl's eyes out? The cat curled up its tail and arched its back. In all the years that I have served you, you have given me only water and made me hunt for my dinner. The girl gave me real cheese. Baba Yaga was enraged. She grabbed the cat and shook her. Turning to the servant girl and gripping her by her collar, she croaked, Why did you take so long to prepare the bath? Ah, trembled the servant. In all the years I've served you, you have never so much as given me even a rag. But the girl gave me a pretty kerchief. Baba Yaga cursed her and dashed out into the yard. Seeing the gates wide open, she shrieked, Gates! Why didn't you squeak when she opened you? Ah, said the gates. In all the years that we've served you, you never so much as sprinkled a drop of oil on us. And we could hardly stand the sound of our own creaking. But the girl oiled us, and we can now swing back and forth without a sound. Baba Yaga slammed the gates closed. Spinning around, she pointed her long finger at the dog. You, she hollered. Why didn't you tear her to pieces when she ran out of the house? Yeah, said the dog. In all the years that I've served you, you never threw me anything but an old bone crust. But the girl gave me real meat and bread. Baba Yaga rushed about the yard, cursing and hitting them all while screaming at the top of her voice. Then she jumped into her giant mortar. Beating the mortar with a giant pestle to make it go faster, she flew into the air and quickly closed in on the fleeing Natasha. For there on the ground, far ahead, she soon spied the little girl running through the trees, stumbling and fearfully looking over her shoulder. You'll never escape me! Baba Yaga laughed a terrible laugh and steered her flying mortar straight downward toward the girl. Natasha was running faster than she had ever run before. Soon she could hear Baba Yaga's mortar bumping onto the ground behind her. Desperately, she remembered the thin black cat's words and threw the towel behind her on the ground. The towel grew bigger and bigger and wetter and wetter, and soon a deep, broad river stood between the little girl and Baba Yaga. Natasha turned and ran on. Oh, how she ran! When Baba Yaga reached the edge of the river, she screamed louder than ever and threw her pestle on the ground. As she knew she couldn't fly over an enchanted river, in a rage she flew back to her, her hut on her hen's legs. She flew back to her hut on hen's legs. There she gathered all her cows and drove them to the river. Drink! Drink, she screamed at them, and the cows drank up all the river till the last drop. Then Baba Yaga hopped into her giant mortar and flew over the dry bed of the river to pursue her prey. Natasha had run on quite a distance ahead, and in fact, she thought she might at last be free of the terrible Baba Yaga. But her heart froze in terror when she saw the dark figure in the sky speeding toward her again. This is the end for me. She despaired. Then she suddenly remembered what the cat had said about the comb. Natasha threw the comb behind her, and the comb grew bigger and bigger, 
and its teeth sprouted up into a thick forest, so thick that not even Baba Yaga could force her way through. And Baba Yaga the witch, the bony-legged one, gnashing her teeth and screaming with rage and disappointment, finally turned round and drove away back to her little hut on hen's legs. The tired, tired girl finally arrived back home. She was afraid to go inside and see her mean stepmother, so instead she waited outside in the shed. When she saw her father pass by, she ran out to him. Where have you been? cried her father, and why is your face so red? The stepmother turned yellow when she saw the girl, and her eyes glowed, and her teeth ground together until they broke. But Natasha was not afraid. She went to her father, climbed on his knee, and told him everything just that it happened. When the old man learned that the stepmother had sent his daughter to be eaten by Baba Yaga the witch, he was so angry that he drove her out of the hut and never let her return. From then on, he took good care of his daughter himself, and never again let a stranger come between them. Over a table piled high with bread and jam, father and daughter would again play peekaboo back and forth from behind the samovar, and the two of them lived happily ever after. The end. Nice. Yeah. How's that? A story with a happy ending. Yeah. I haven't heard one of those in a while. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, I hope you're happy. I am. Very Good. pleased. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had essentially everything that we knew about, so I wanted to mention it. No, it did. It was a great retelling of the story. Good. Good. But yeah, she may not have been the nicest person in that one. No, she wasn't. But her pets were all nice. Oh, yes, yes. Usually if it's not her helping a story like hero or some sort of task, it's usually those around her that end up helping. So, I don't know. Good things happen around her. Bad things, too. It's interesting. So that's one typical story of Baba Yaga and... The many strange things that surround her house, as well as her house herself. But to hear other ones, you might have to wait until next week. I'm sorry. Ooh, two-parter. Yeah, Exciting. there's a lot of good stories. Yeah. I will disclose one thing. The next story I'm reading is Baba Yaga and Vasilisa the Fair, the one I mentioned before. Oh, that's such a good one. Yes. And we might have a few others. We'll see. Won't we? Yes, we will. Possibly. I'm, I'm so excited for it. I'm just glad it's more stories with happy endings. It's been a it's been a while since we've heard any that were like that, so this has been a nice feel good for me. That's so good for you. Thank you. Nice. So anyway, Audie, do you want to take us out then? Yeah. If you guys want to do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, give us a review, and give us five stars. 
We'd really, really, really appreciate it. And that would be on Apple Podcasts and wherever you guys listen to. If you guys want to email us, you can email us at vileandvice at gmail.com. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. If you want to support us, you can do that at PayPal at the email address that we just said or on Patreon. And Patreon... Uh, listeners or supporters at the $1 and above level get all the bonus content so you get to hear me tell John John spooky stories and everything and all that fun shenanigans yay (laughs) and you guys also are usually the first ones to see stuff like merch and everything too so and as well as contests so that's always fun and that's at patreon.com backslash vice again that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash v-i-l-e-a-n-d-v-i-c-e no ampersands here you can find us on <laughs> facebook and twitter at violin vice and you can find us on instagram at violin vice podcast so feel free to reach out we really really love hearing from you guys and we'll keep you updated and everything on our blog as well and that's just violinvice.com Yay! Yay! It's been a bit, but it this was has. a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. Uncle- and since we were all scaring each other last time, still kind of sticking with the weird, creepy stuff, but it's almost Thanksgiving, y'all. Yeah. And I'm back from vacation. I'm ready to go. I don't know about you, John John, but. I'm ready to dig into quite a few more stories, so this will be a great time. Yeah, well, I would just like having a vacation, so meh. Meh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. It was a great time. (laughs) Nah, it's fine. But that's all from us today. We'll see you guys next week for part two on Baba Yaga. So excited. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.